Hey, it's Suzanne here. Just wanted to welcome to another edition of Seed, Soils and Sprouts. I have my dear friend, Angela Roberts with me today. And our episode is gonna be covering mindset. And Angela, I know you as well as I do that uh, we think that mindset is really, really, really the starting point to where it all happens. So let's go ahead and have a great conversation regarding mindset today. Welcome I, aboard, Angelo. I absolutely agree. And again, it's always a wonderful pleasure to be on the podcast, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. So yes. Angela, wait, before we take off, why don't you do me a favor? Would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with some of our listeners? Absolutely. So for those of you that don't know, my name is Angelo Roberts Jr., named after my father, and I am the founder and owner of Offsource, which is essentially this startup that I founded, which helps small business owners gain their time back. We really help small business owners get their to-do list and what we call to done. So what we do is we handle things like admin, bookkeeping, emails, scheduling, social media, graphic design, web design, podcast management. Essentially, if it's on a computer, we are able to do it. And really my goal when I initially started this business was to help other small business owners, just like my parents. For those of you that don't know, I am the firstborn, meaning I'm the oldest. So I'm essentially the very first assistant that my parents get. The first person that they are going to delegate things to is me because I'm the oldest. And so really that role of delegation has played a large part in my life, being that assistant. And this company that I started really was a way for me taking the number two position, the assistant, and making him dangerously the number one person. And so I always say, when you are looking for where the bodies are buried, go ask the assistant because they probably set the appointment in time. And so really my goal, like I said, was to help other small business owners that were like my parents, the solopreneur, the person that's working from six to eight, right after they have dinner, or those people that go right back to work after dinner, or those people that tuck their kids into bed and then they go finish up the emails. We're here to help them. And so that's really what Offsource does is stands for office outsourcing so that business owners can really get out of their office back into the field or back into the home with their family. Boom. I love it. It's about freeing up time. And actually one of the things I love, and we talk about mindset is elevate and delegate is one that I believe in, right? My time can be doing different level activities. If I can off source some of those more challenging or perhaps not my niche. Mm -hmm. And then you guys have a niche in advertising and podcast helping and whatever it might be that so that my brain power goes to things that are higher level for me, right. not higher level period, just for me, because I'm not then down in the, the trudges of doing something that I'm, I'm not good at. I love meeting people. And that's where I want to spend my time mm -hmm. and helping people and brain thinking on that. And where I have people like you, Angelo, and one of my partners, so it's full disclosure, um, and helping me get more time back in my life. So I appreciate you very much for that, Angelo. It's absolutely wonderful. And no, I, I love being able to help you out. And so as we talk about mindset, I actually have something, um, a question that I think is very, very important for a lot of people when we talk about mindset is why mindset is so important. A lot of times people don't necessarily understand, you know, they think it's something honky. They think it's something foofy, like, oh, mindset, mindset, mindset. What does mindset really mean? And how is one able to look at it from being this inactionable thing to something that is very much an actionable thing? Wow, that's a powerful question. I love it. So mindset 
when we were kids growing up, it was interesting. There's this book called The Little Engine That Could. And it's about this little tiny engine who's gonna be pulling this train load and it's, it's I, I can't do that, I can't do that. And he gets pushed along and he has to do it. And he goes, okay, he gets up and he's, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And he gets over the edge, he goes, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew he could. And then he knew from there on in that he could do anything that he chose to do. And if you get up in the morning and say, I can't, you don't even look at options that are out there. Mm. You go in with a closed mind. I can't do this. I'm trying to think of a good example. I can't get to school today because my car broke. Okay. Jeeper, the car's broken. How am I going to get to school? Just the semantics in that changed your mind and the options that you think of. Okay, great. Can I call my neighbor? Can I get a bus? What's the bus schedule going to be? Is there going to be Uber? People don't hitchhike anymore, so that wouldn't be an option. How far is it to walk? But it opens up the possibilities in your mind when you have a can-do as opposed to can't-do attitude. Mm. Makes a huge difference. The other one where mindset is mind-blowing, literally, is when you can think in futurability. Right? Okay. I'm walking around. Um, where do you see yourself three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now? Do you have an endpoint in mind? It's always going forward. Everything's always three to five years ahead. But if you don't have a vision for that, then you don't plan and you don't prepare and you don't grow and expand. That is so uh, very true. You know, even we talk about seed soils and sprouts, right? So I put a seed in the ground, in the soil, and I water it and I give it some sunlight and I water it, hopefully not too much, hopefully not too little. But my vision for this is to see a beautiful flower grow in six, eight, 10 weeks. But if I didn't have a vision for it, why am I even putting a seed in the ground? Mm. I'm wasting my time. Right. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that have to make a switch from a negative mindset or a mindset of, as you said, can't do to can do. Now, a lot of times, a big, big obstacle for a lot of people when trying to overcome that is their previous experiences when trying to either have, say, a positive attitude or a can-do attitude and then being knocked down. When people are trying to then make that switch and then something negative happens, what would you say is something that they can work on? Because it's not like they're going to immediately have that switch into their brain. So when they're when they come face to face with their very first obstacle, something that's going to knock them down, right? What are some, some things that they can try to practice or, or try to implement that you might've done to really be able to think, okay, I know that normally I would approach this as a, in a defeatist mindset, but I'm trying to listen to Suzanne, to Suzanne. What can I do to, to try and turn that thinking from a defeatist to an enablist? Well, first and foremost, I will add to the level of what you're talking about. Um, I, it's who you surround yourself with. Mm. Okay. So I would say block the box. You control what goes in your mind. You control what comes out, out of your mind. You have experiences and you can choose to have a positive or negative experience. But, you know, it's really hard for moss to grow on a stone that's rolling downhill fast. 
or boat that's going fast or whatever it is. People, most people, if they're defeatists, and I, and I have this term positrons and negatrons. A negatron, somebody who's negative with you, negative around you, doesn't want you to leap out, doesn't want you to get ahead, is going to come up with negatives. Mm. Get rid of the negatrons. They're Klingons. You don't want those. And they're the, they're the ones that anchor you down. Mm-hmm. You want positrons. And if you want positrons that want to cling on to you and run with you, and, and you, you can't stop a speeding horse. You can get on for a ride, but you can't stop it, right? Mm-hmm. So surround yourself by positrons, can-do attitudes. Find people. You will, you know, in work, I've always said you got your top 20%. They're going to figure it out no matter what. You got your bottom 20%. That's the one that will annually get fired or whatever you want it to be because they can't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. It's that movable middle, the 60% that are in the middle. Bring yourself up to that top 20. You're going to figure it out no matter what. Because mm. if you're staying down in the negatrons, life stinks. I agree. You can't get out of your own way. And they're the, they're the crabs in the bucket pulling you down. Now, I want to get very specific in this because there's a lot of people and something I've realized is I've been extremely blessed to have some of the parents I've had. And I'm sure your kids are extremely blessed to have you as a mother. Not everyone is as blessed or as lucky. And so when that negatron or when those negative people are people that you might have grown up with, family members, cousins, mother, father, aunt, uncle, it's a little bit harder to distance yourself or even create that barrier. Um, I don't know if you have experience with this, but to, to give me your thought or, or your your thinkings on how to block the negatrons when they are so close to you sometimes. Well, first of all, I would say change your routine. Mm. You know, uh, people go to um, AA, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and try and stop. And one of the things they try and get people to do is change their environment. So if you come back into the same environment, it's easy to go back into the same habits, right? Mm-hmm. It might be as simple as put your belt on differently. Go from left to right versus right to left. Okay, that's a simple change of your environment. It's not ousting your parents. It's not ousting your spouse. It's not ousting your kids. But what you are is forcing yourself to think a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And then understand where they're coming from Mm -hmm. without it taking you down. Now, go, I deeper, can... go deeper into that for me. Very, I, I don't mean to cut you off or anything. I know this is no, your show, ahead. but please go deeper into that. Like understanding how to limit without cutting somebody off. I feel like that's a very foreign concept for a lot of people. Explain more. I, I would love to learn more about that. Well, so this is great. So my, my dear friend, Katie, Katie Shang, remarkable rich ladies. And she did this fabulous, um, she's posting on Instagram and she did a couple of things. And this is just a, um, explains kind of what we're talking about here. And she had a handful of negative people putting comments out there. And, you know, she said it sat with me for a minute and she went to level four thinking, she says, wow, okay. You know, it hurts when you get people doing stupid things and saying mean things. And unfortunately online, a lot of people hide behind the 2d of it, not really owning it. So mm-hmm. she made a choice and she said, she reached out to every single person who said something negative. And she said the amount of people that cried out for help when she actually drew dove into asking why the negativity, she said it was surreal. So there's something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know. Mm-hmm. What are they thinking? Why are they afraid? There, there's um, in my teaching with Richard Dolan, master coach says, there's three things that hold you back. 
Jeff. We call him Jeff. It's fear of judgment, your own personal ego, and debilitating fear. You're a super anxious person. I'm not bungee jumping, okay? That's a fear of mine. I'm not going to give you that one. But are you holding yourself back for fear of judgment or is your ego not letting you do it? Don't let their judgment hold you back. You're afraid of judgment. Figure out what's holding you back. Don't play small. Get out, play big. And if they are holding you back, then find out what's really eating you. Spoke to another young lady. Um, she had a tough family life. Um uh, really uh, uh, users of the system, social, you know, Medicare, that type of thing, Medicaid, um, welfare type recipients. And she's really trying to get out and the people are trying to tell her, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? Well, they're afraid because she's doing something more with her life than they were. Mm. It's crabs pulling each other down. Don't do that. She actually literally moved out of state. Because she had to get away from the negativity. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, now that is a very clear case, like removing yourself from that situation. Now, for a lot of people, sometimes things might be a little bit more subtle, right? You had mentioned that changing your mindset is as little as putting your belt on differently because you're putting yourself in a different environment. It's a different mindset and it's intentional. Now, the thing is, I don't feel that as many people are intentional about their change. Now, when you are trying to be intentional, especially in mindset, it sometimes feels like you're faking it till you make it, especially when you go to act upon it, right? So you might be used to dealing with at work. You can't avoid certain people at work. You may have to work with people that you don't like. And so if you're not someone who had boundaries before and you're now setting those boundaries, people are going to treat you differently and, and maybe be a little bit off put by these new these, these new boundaries that you're setting and Great. as you find yourself. Great. <laughs> Great. No, I'm serious, Angel. Great. Because if you're setting up new boundaries for yourself, that means you're growing. Mm. And if those people can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. And you, I, the truth is you may lose some people along the way. Mm. You might. You might lose some coworkers who don't want you to do whatever, hang out and have beer on the weekend or whatever it is. So what? You're growing. You're doing things. You're expanding. I've, I've been an employer for 25, 30 years almost. And um, people leave and unfortunately I've had to let people go and some have devastated me when they left. I have been always grateful for every single person I've worked with, whether they were super great or they were only okay. Because I learned something from them, they learned something from me, but every time it opened a new door and a new opportunity for something different. Mm. And so you can live in the past and wallow and woo and be unhappy. Or you can say, great, you know, what did I learn? What did I learn from this experience? And now where will I go next? You know, most people, I'll, I'll even relate it to dating. Most people don't date down, they date up. And what I mean by that is just that they will, they will, they had one experience and they'll never go to a worser experience of that dating situation, right? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about class. I'm just talking about the experience of what that dating situation is. And, um, or as somebody once said, a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity, <laughs> right? Um, did he open the door for me? Well, if somebody's not expecting to open the door for me at this point, guess what? 
<laughs> I want someone who's going to treat me like a lady. Right. And I'm not going to go back to somebody who wouldn't do that. Mm. Now, you, you mentioned what I'm trying some, to Yes. Now, I really would like to dive deeper in that because I never really relate a lot of things to like dating or, or things like that, like personal relationships. However, you had mentioned something about dating up versus dating down and that you've worked with people that, you know, um, that you might have employed that you personally learned from. Now, I want to bring this to business owners mindset to say, how can other business owners who when they become the owner, have this highfalutin attitude and feel that their people below them are below them in a stature sense. How do you, as an owner, learn from your people? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, first of all, they're, they're nobody's below me, so to speak. I am mm. the boss. I have the final say. But nobody's below me. In fact, right. I couldn't do what I do without the amazing team that I have. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and I will edify them all day long because I just love my team. They're amazing. I really love them. They're the greatest people on this earth. And I've been blessed with every person I've ever worked with. Um, people come in with new ideas. You know, when I, I have some have been with me 20 some odd years and I said, people who start in, you know, three days on the job and they might say, Hey, why do we do it this way? Hey, because we always did it that way. No. All right, let's talk about it. I have a great story that goes to that one, but it's not related <laughs> to business. Um, it's a quick one, but you'll understand where it goes. Um, Thanksgiving, they're getting ready to put the, the pot roast in the oven and they cut off the end of the pot roast and they put it in the oven. And so the boyfriend comes over and, and he says, oh, why do they cut the end off the, the pot roast? He says, you know, I don't know. I asked my, my wife. And she says, okay, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, my mom always used to do that way. So they just decided to inquire about it. And so happened that granny was around. Granny, why do we always cut the end of the pot roast off? Because it was just being done now for three generations. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, because we didn't have a pan that was big enough. Uh <laughs> right. So you think about it, we go into this, routine of stuff that we don't necessarily change we're sometimes just asking a question and that's when my new people come in and they say oh okay that's great so why do I do it this way or how do I hey you know what um well we could possibly do it that way I mean, when I started in business I hate to say it but cell phones weren't everywhere <laughs> people even knew what a fax machine was <laughs> Very true. Yes. Things change. Technology changes. We adapt and change. We're in different circumstances. And you being in a family business have probably seen a lot of different things traditionally, like things done from tradition. Now, for other business owners that might have taken over for their family, and I'm going to ask on a personal basis because I plan to stand to take over some things in, in some in some odd years, but there's that transition, especially if it's not like the parents passing and it's like a, hey, I'm officially retiring and handing it off. There's going to be a lot of things and the parent probably will still be in the ear, so to speak. What is it like to challenge the traditions of someone that either is family or that you respected and that you might be taking over their position? So you might be moving into a management position or moving into ownership and, and now it's your turn. What is it like to have to challenge these traditions and so, other people have been following it as well? You know, it is a challenge. I don't care how you slice it. Um, and the moment you asked that question, it brought me back to one of my dear friends and his 
his father was a dear friend of mine and he passed on in, in the insurance business. And um, I remember, I remember being at the service and I said, you know, your father was a great person, larger than life and people loved him. And, um, and I said, but he had his way and you're also remarkable and you have your way. So don't fill his shoes, make your own. Mm. And I saw him a couple of years after that. And he goes, you know, that sat with me a lot. And it meant a lot. Because mm. he does, he does it his way. Still running a super, super, super successful business. And so um, I would look at the core and the essence of what your family business is. Mm -hmm. What are your core values? Obviously make sure they align with yours. Maybe your core values, the five core values that you decide to use are great, but maybe, um, you know, we don't ride horse and buggy to work anymore and we'll take the car. Okay, so you might have to change that a little bit. But if you keep the, the, the gist of the core and it aligns with what works for you, then great. Just adapt the way it's right for you. It's your personality. If it's your business and you're running it, then build your team around that. Take the essence of what's there, but you don't have to do it exactly that way. If we did it exactly that way, then we'd all still be uh, driving, you know, horse and buggies <laughs> instead of uh, the moving truck that's the horseless carriage, which I love. <laughs> Very true. Now, I'm actually going to use a couple of your stories, if I hope you don't mind, like in my own personal types of things. But I know that's very good because the thought like. And it's so crazy that we're talking about mindset today because, and I'm going to share this only because I think it, it fits for today. Um, I walked outside because there's, you know, I try to fight that. When you wake up early around 11, somewhere between 11 and 2, you, you catch the the drifts of, of wanting to snooze. And so I read online to go out for a walk. So I went outside to go for a walk and my dad owns the two houses next to me and my mom has the one I'm in, but there was someone else cutting the grass. Now, in the 25 years, <laughs> my whole life that I have known my father, he has never, ever had someone else go cut the grasses on all the properties. And now he's hired somebody to, to go do that. And so at the beginning, we mentioned elevating and delegating. That was <laughs> such a prime example, Angelo, such a prime example. Let's look at that for a second. I'm just going to take some math into that for a second, mm -hmm. okay? So your father was taking his time, energy, and effort to go and mow those lawns every single week, whatever mm -hmm. it was. If you want to pass it off to your guy, Sergio's my guy. I love Sergio. Mm -hmm. If you want to pass it off and let Sergio do it, Sergio's going to do it in less time. He's got all the tools. He's got the weed whacker. He's got the edger. He's got whatever it takes. And he can go and bang that out. No, I have my kids do it. And that's a different reason <laughs> so, because we so, want so them did, to learn responsibility. Listen, so did he. I was cutting grass like from 10 to 20 till I started this. From the time I was able to work, which was probably like eight years old till I started this, I was cutting grass, picking the trash up. But that, so Angela, but that's about teaching responsibility. That's a different piece of it, right? But now- don't you get higher level benefits for you? I'm not talking that those are low benefits for you. Mm -hmm. By being on this podcast so here with you and I, and, and, and where my husband keeps telling some of our friends, I should have started a green thumb business years ago, right? <laughs> because if you can do it right and do it well, you can systematize that business and, and multiply it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. as an owner. Now you can be a one-man paper hanger and do it all. Actually, people don't know what that means anymore. Um, <laughs> you can do it all yourself, or you can create a team and then divide and conquer. Well, that's not, first of all, when you do delegate and elevate, do you love it? Cutting lawn for me is not what I love to do. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be meeting face-to-face -face with people, talking about their insurance, talking about how I can make their life easier, how I can uncomplicate their life. That's what I do well. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if my guy likes to do lawns and he's good at it, why wouldn't I let him? But then he lets me do his insurance because that's not in his mindset. Mm. So why do I have you to help me with podcasting? Because that's in your mindset, your wheelhouse. So now we're delivering. I like the conversations. I like what we're doing. But the manipulations behind it, you're the one who's so excellent at this, the engineering behind it. And therefore, and you love it. So if you're geeking out on that, right? But what? who called me immediately and they need help with insurance? Listen, oh, oh my gosh. On your I'm own out. podcast, I am going to say thank you so much. So the story, I don't know if you know behind it because you were like pretty busy that day. So the story behind that. I was, was actually out of the country. <laughs> yes. Oh, you are so busy. Yes. So the story behind But it's okay, that, Angelo. And that's your story to tell, not mine. And I'm more than happy to help you. <laughs> listen, no, what had happened was, so for the people, I'm going to give you a quick shout out. So what happened was I thought my insurance expired eight, five. So earlier this month is what I thought. Like it, in my head, it was August, but it said seven. So I'm thinking August for some reason, me being dumb. So I had took a turn in, into the gas station, not thinking, didn't put on my signals. Cop pulls me over. And because my insurance had went out the month before, and I just didn't think that had made my registration go out as well. So he said, listen, I'm going to be nice you don't have anything right now. <laughs> I'm going to be nice. Like you, you, this is, we could wrap you up right now, but you're nice. It, very genuine mistake happens often. I'm going to let you go. So before my court date, I really was like, I need to get some insurance. Oh my gosh, I can't have a lapse in insurance. I need to get, I drive. So called you up and you, same day I had insurance cover. And this right now, is the lowest insurance rate I have ever paid. I hope it's because I'm 25, but I think you might've did your thing, but 124 is the low, like by a long shot, the lowest amount I've ever paid for insurance in the same day. And I just, I want to say thank you to that. It's always a pleasure to help and serve. Really, really, it's a pleasure. And, but you know, Angela, this is what we're talking about, elevate and delegate, right? Mm -hmm. So I geek out on the insurance stuff and helping people that way. You geek out on this behind the scenes, making sure that we can run businesses, right? So mm -hmm. this is where it's, it's an EOS is a system, a, a business system that I like to follow. And they talk about entrepreneurial operating system. Gino Wickman, shout out to him. Read a book called Rocket Fuel if you're a business owner. I have a handful of books that I just think are amazing. You want to talk about mindset, rich dad, poor dad? You want to run your favorites. business? One of my favorites. Um, my next best favorite recently is Win-Win um, Wealth Strategies by Tom Wheelwright. Okay. Mind-blowing. Thinking, think Grow Rich? Uh, not Thinking, Grow Rich is another great book. But it, no, it's Win-Win it's Wealth Strategy. Brand new book that's out. Mm -hmm. um, talk about mindset. It's unbelievable. Um, 
and in fact, Tom Wheelwright goes in so far as to say that um, wealth is an opportunity that's for everybody and the roadmap is written in the tax code. And then if you figure out where the tax man is incentivizing you and follow that roadmap, then guess what? You're on the, you're on the road to riches. I like that. Insurance, now, by the way, is one of his chapters in that book, just so you know. And it's about how you partner with your insurance agent mm -hmm. to make sure that along your way that your wealth is protected. I love that so much. Now, we've mentioned something that I think we can hit on for a lot of the, the small business owners. We've mentioned the Elevate and Delegate, but a lot of owners, my dad being one of them, have this hug the cash register term. Like I, I think you might be familiar with. They hug the register because they feel that, oh, I'm saving money by not doing this. But they're nobody can do it as well as I can. Yes. Nobody can do it better than me. How does one switch to, from the no one does it as well as me to being able to hire and really grow and expand a business? Goes back to our topic, mindset. <laughs> It's a really difficult challenge. Um, I was blessed, I will tell you, early on in my career. When I started my agency, I shortly thereafter started my family. So I was really forced to create a team where um, unless I wanted to be here 24-7, and I have children, I have four children, I wanted to be a mom as well. Mm -hmm. um, to create a team. And then you just really have to create the team that you have confidence in. Now, some people are, it's not my way. Some people are, you know, I, I don't really want to call it, but they're not nice bosses. They put the, you know, pedal to the metal and, and, and push not, there's a difference between pushing your team so they rise and pushing them so you're stepping on them. Right. There's two different things. You're, if you're in a car that's going forward and you're all taking everybody with you, great. If you're dusting people, that's a different situation. But as an employee, find out someone, A, that you can work with. Find out, become that, that right-hand person, which makes you invaluable to the owner. But if you get into a book called Rocket Fuel, again, Gino Wickman, he's on the EOS model. One of the things he talked about was when you build a partnership the right way, you have a visionary and an integrator. And if you allow the visionary to run and they're typically the person that's going, the idea person, they're over, overarching ideas, they're out there doing what they need to do. Um, President of the United States, love him or hate him, got a team. Okay. Bill Gates got a team. Steve Jobs had a team. Jeff Bezos has a team. They're not doing it all themselves. So the only way you can multiply is to start creating a team. And then when you allow yourself not to be cutting the lawn, unless that's your job and that's what your niche is, if you love plants, you love horticulture, then you should be doing that. But then let somebody else do your books. Let them be your bookkeeper. Because when you can ex expand upon your higher level purposes, whatever your niche is, it will free you up and free your capacity. Because we all have the exact same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. Mm. Now, I that is your number one most valuable resource, by the way. Your number one, keep that in mind. 
your most valuable resource is time. And we all have the exact same amount of time. Now, one of the things that I would like to mention is I've seen this on Facebook and everything where we all have the same amount of time, yet because of our circumstances, we have to utilize that differently, which comes down to the mindset. And I think in this level of mindset, we're going to talk about like self-awareness, right? What is a key or an actionable thing that can allow someone to be self-reflective um, and become more self-aware about what they're good at or what they should and should not do? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my dear friend Richie says he does a time audit. He does a, a really does a, an effectiveness audit. Once a month, he'll sit down and say, okay, where did I spend my time? What did I do with my time? Did it serve my purpose? Did it make me feel better going forward? Mm -hmm. Or was it just somebody who sucked the time and daylights out of me? Where am I spending my time that makes me the most productive and effective? And if you can do a time on it and figure out what it might be. One of my friends told me the greatest thing she did was a bone of contention between her and her husband. She was working. He was a stay-at-home dad at the time. But they decided to outsource laundry. I love that. I love outsourcing laundry. I have a laundry guy my mom introduced me to. Yeah. Do you love folding clothes? Then do it. But if you don't love it, let somebody else do it for you. It's simple. And then once you, and oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I can't do that. You can't afford not to take one hour, go to the library, go to the coffee shop, lock yourself in the bathroom, take a blank sheet of paper, put all the things on there that you do, maybe on a daily basis that you love to do, you hate to do. I'm sorry, I can't go to the gym for you. You're going to have to do your own workouts. That's one thing you can't cut out, right? Right. Um, you're going to have to take your own showers. Okay, so, okay, got it. Do I have to make my own beds? No, I can have somebody else do it if I want to. Right? Do I have to clean my own toilets? I can have somebody else do that for me. Do I um, need to make my own travel arrangements? No, you can have somebody else do that for you. Do I need to keep my own books? No, I can have somebody do that for me if I want to. I have a tax person. Could I do it? Could I spend? I did it when I started when I was younger, and I'm glad I did. I learned a lot about it. But they study that tax law left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. That's their job. But who do they call when they need insurance? Me. That's my job. That's what I like to do. That's where I spend my time and energy. Okay. I like that then. What is your favorite service or thing that you delegate or that you delegate? What is something that you personally delegate that you are like, I'm so happy I'm able to get that off my plate? Okay, that's a great question. Uh, housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't like cleaning toilets. I, not that I can't and I won't and I've done it in my apartments. Um, I, I'm not, I don't love cutting my lawn. I like my kids doing it, but I don't love doing it. Can I? Will I? Have, done, have I? Yeah, sure. Um, but that's not something. And by the way, those are cutting the lawn is a very easy one because it's simpler to manage in the sense that you can say, hey, again, my guy, Sergio, Sergio, did he cut the lawn or he didn't cut the lawn? Nothing devastating is really going to happen. So start small. Right. Start small with something that you can do. That you don't now. There's a difference between dele delegating and elevating, delegating and abdicating. Mm. 
Now, delegating and abdicating means you give it off to them. And we could start a whole nother session on this about just mindset. We're talking about delegating and elevating right now. But the mindset is, there's a whole chart. EOS, again, I highly recommend the EOS model. Go into it and they have a grid. Do you like to do it? And are you good at it? Well, that's a higher level for you. Mm -hmm. If you're good at it and you like to do it, great. If you don't like to do it and you're not good at it, that's the first thing you start delegating out. You don't like to do it, but you're good at it. Maybe you need to hold on to that. Or you're not good at it, but you like it. Maybe you still need to think about delegating that out. And you have to look in that grid. But number one is good at, like, keep. Not good, don't like, start getting rid of. Mm. Okay. Now, you said you'd have to, you'd want to do another one. I think, Angelo, I don't homeschool my kids. I was actually homeschooled up till fifth grade. There you go. But I wasn't. And I, that was something, your mother loves it. I don't love it. I love my children, but doing that would not be my thing. <laughs> Completely understandable. Now, before we officially have to end today, um, I'd like for you to give your most actionable item when it comes to elevating your mindset, right? So everyone's at a certain level and they may want to reach the next level. So for people that are wanting to reach their next level, what is your mindset tip? For, a, for someone wanting to reach the next level? Uh, think in future ability. Mm. So what, think in terms of what possibilities could be if you took away the answers, no. If you had, if money was no object and you, you couldn't fail, what would you do? So keep the future ability out there. And it's funny because as we get older, sometimes we, we, I went through this exercise about two years ago and it was like, wow, sometimes as we get older, um, we start thinking, well, this is just the way it is. But you think about, think like a, um, was it a, a three-year-old or five-year-old or, you know, why, why, why? <laughs> and when kids are in kindergarten, first grade, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman. I want a Superman, whatever it is. So to take away the limitations and think in future ability, think of what could be. And then instead of saying it can't be, or I'm stuck this way, Say, well, what if, and not, I can't, but how can I? So if you think about how can I, then you maybe open up your ideas and your thought processes. So I guess in closing, I would say, stay away from negatrons. Surround yourself with positrons. Those are people going places, doing things. Think of not that I can't, but rather how can I? What if, how can I? And then have a future ability state of mind because if everything went perfect, what would it look like? Mm -hmm. Don't forget to delegate and elevate along the way because you can find things that make it happen. Angelo, I open to you any closing comments you might have as well. And thank you for your time today. No, I absolutely appreciate it. Um, I guess in terms of closing comments, I'll leave something with mindset. My thing with mindset starts with 
self-awareness, right? Mindset has to do with understand. Like first you have to understand your situation because we're going to listen to people. You're going to listen to us tell you things. You're going to listen to other podcasts. You're gonna, especially if you're someone looking to elevate your mindset, you have to look at self-awareness first. What is your situation, right? How are you being held back? Because it's not going to be the same thing as other people. Your path might be a lot more difficult than someone else, right? And it may just be as simple as you have to cut all uh, hanging out with a longtime friend, right? That is having the self-awareness to understand where you're going to be and what your current situation is that allows you to get there because there's other people trying to get to where you're going. And so you have a different starting point. And so mindset, especially elevating it, starts with self-awareness. So my my tip is find out where you're going, where you are, and what your path to getting where you're trying to go looks like, because your actions, listening to someone else may not be the things that you have to do, right? You may not have to elevate, elevate and delegate right now. You may have to focus on creating a new environment and a new space first before you can even do anything, which already by creating that new environment and space is going to allow you to elevate. elevate. Now, now it's going to allow you to elevate. So my thing is find out where you are, find out where you're going and your unique path, because that is going to look different because even if they're going the same place, you're, you're not starting the same place. So, and that's where I talk with futurability because if you go with futurability, then you can reflect on where you are mm-hmm. and realize where you want to be. So true. And this, this has been an amazing episode. I think we're starting to get the groove of things now. Um, thank you guys and women so much for joining today's episode. Suzanne, uh, anything we want to say before we close out? Thank you for all for joining us. What another powerful group. And looking forward to seeing you with more thoughts on seeds, soils, and sprouts. And please, please leave your comments below or reach out with any questions. We'd love to answer any questions you might have and possibly be a guest on our show. So have a great one.